Welcome to OB Boss Babes, where we showcase female entrepreneurs, working professionals, community builders, and local makers and creators. Our podcast is all about babe supporting babes, learning about community builders, and of course, female empowerment. Get inspired to the only podcast in the Ottawa Valley that showcases local babes in our community and join our tribe of boss babes where everyone is welcome. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OV Boss Babes podcast. Valley Eats goes beyond delivering food. They're there to bring new parents a hot meal who just had a baby, a busy mom who lost track of time and now she's got hangry kids, a greasy breakfast because you're way too hungover to get out of bed, a quick bite to a hairstylist who's been on their feet all day and just doesn't have enough time to run out and grab food. A variety of food choices for you and your colleagues' lunch meeting because Joe Schmo didn't want to have pizza yet again. And these two hungry friends didn't want the usual pizza delivery, and the time it was going to take for them to go out and grab a bite just wasn't in their schedule. And so the idea for supporting local businesses, delivering hot food straight to your door with the best customer service experience possible was born. They created a groundbreaking app and changed the concept that big city conveniences never make it to small towns. Please welcome Ryan Schmidt and Dan Renault from Valley Eats to OV Boss Babes. Dan and Ryan, welcome to OV Boss Babes. Hello, Holly. Thank you so much, Holly. Guys, thank you for being a part of this. This is a long time coming. It has been a long time. And I mean, I've had men on my podcast before, but not on like the OG OV Boss Babes. So this is a first. All right. Okay. We're happy to be here. Uh, first. <laughs> I'm excited to have you guys. I like being first. It's exciting. <laughs> All right. So we go way back and we're going to get into our story a little bit, but I want to get to know your story first. So how did the two of you guys meet? How did you guys like get to know each other? Okay. Well, yeah, I can leave that. Um, what happened was when I was running my photography business, I had a studio located downtown um, and Dan's wife ran a yoga studio that was beside my studio as well. Um, and at some point, I guess Dan ended up driving her into work every day and was just hanging out at her studio and I had lost empty space in mine. So I told Dan, come hang out with me because that way you're you know, over here doing something and I was doing something. And then one day we were just kind of outside chit-chatting about stuff and then we kind of discussed where this kind of came from. And See, I'm, I'm, I'm always hungry. <laughs> And uh, seriously, it was a, it was a hungry thing. It was, you know, lunchtime probably, and we said, "Man, it's too bad we can't order this or that." And uh, just out of the blue, we kind of said, "Hey, you know, I could build it." And Ryan said, "I could probably sell it." And we said, "Well, let's do it." And it was pretty much that moment where we we jumped on it. Yeah, that's kind of like how the friendship built is like from that one little conversation. Was, really? Yeah. Dan and I really didn't know each other except from our kids. Like our kids knew each other. Yeah. Um, but Dan and I didn't really know each other at all totally we started discussing this yeah we'd hang out right he was doing his photo stuff i was working uh some software gigs for, for contract work and stuff like that and yeah it just led into more and more discussion we were you know taking coffee breaks and uh coffee breaks and i guess there was there was definitely a lot of synergy i would say right like, yeah there was a lot of synergy <clears throat> ryan's full of ideas <laughs> <laughs> they don't they don't stop <laughs> so what were your first impressions of one another and i want I want you guys to be all oh my gosh. I don't know. I just remember, I just remember Jasmine being at my house after school. That's, Jasmine's your daughter. Jasmine's his daughter. And yeah. I just remember Dan always wearing sandals and shorts and like, you know, working from the beach. Like that was my, that was the vision I had in my head when I knew Dan before we started. And that was true for a while. I did work from the beach. <laughs> Amazing life. Yeah. He doesn't do it anymore though. No, no, there's no time for that anymore. No. Uh, yeah, Ryan was, you know, fun to hang out with for sure. He was a fun guy. He was energetic. I like, you know, I like seizing the moment and, uh, you know, collaborating and stuff like that. So I think, uh, we meshed well for sure. Yeah. So then you were hungry, Ryan, you're like, yeah, I could use a bite to eat. You realize what can we order? Delivery options are so limited. limited. You can get, you know, takeout and you can get pizza delivered to you. Yeah. But really that was that was really it at the that time. Was it. it was only, you could only do pizza delivered really in the area and then Chinese food if like they had a taxi company available That's to like right. deliver it to you, right? But really it was only pizza that was available and we didn't like that option <laughs> at all. So we decided like, all right, well, let's figure out a way to make it work. And, and that's how it all came to be really. 
So when did it start? What year was this? This would have been uh, November 2018. Yeah. October 2018 is when the idea came. Yeah. Okay. Right. So remember that October 2018 is when the idea came, and then we launched January 2019. 2019. So in about three months, we put this thing together. Yeah. It was that quick. Yeah. It was that quick. Well, you know, it became urgent, right? We we wanted to make sure because this we didn't invent this concept, right? We just thought, well, we're going to bring it somewhere where it isn't. Yeah. So we were a bit mindful of someone stealing our our idea, right? So we were trying to capitalize on the fact that it didn't exist yet. So we honestly, probably for well, definitely during the building stage, yeah, eighteen hours a day. Oh easy, yeah, right. Like yeah, those those first three months. I mean, not the, the long beyond like, that. Yeah, long beyond <laughs> that. But I mean, it was a lot of like it was a lot of like at the office for long, long days. days. Well, I want to ask you guys that, like, did you even realize how big of a concept that it would be and an mm -hmm. undertaking with all the behind the scenes stuff? Because from an outside perspective, people just see two guys creating a food delivery service. You hire a couple drivers, you get a couple of restaurants to come on board. Boom. The end. Yeah. But there's Wouldn't that have been awesome day. Click a button. Because that was like, food, right? What's all the things? <laughs> we, uh, I mean, we did not predict what the eventual outcome was. We, we did think, hey, we'll just build it and then just let it go. And we were completely wrong about that assumption. I think we thought we'd be doing a lot more golfing than yeah. we do. <laughs> yeah. A lot more time at the beach. A lot, a lot more time. We, uh, yeah. Uh, we, we did. We thought it would just be like super easy, but uh, it was it was the opposite. Um, yeah. And I think once, once we realized that, we had to like kind of, I think, really understand what was happening and now kind of what we had to do as as business owners like we can't just do this right dan and i were doing everything like for a very long time it was really mom and pop right yeah. like this whole thing was built with friends and they tested right like testing orders and drivers and and that kind of thing i was in florida for that christmas yeah so i'm working i can remember sending you screenshots from the airport yeah. with the pos tablet yeah. right because we had to build three different products oh, so yeah. we built you know we built the, the vendor app the courier app the user app and then we launched and then we go oh boy now we need to manage it, yeah. right? So now we've got a stream of orders coming in. We can't see where the drivers are. We're building back-end tools where, you know. Wait, so this is already rolled out and you guys are still implementing all these oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 we, yeah, yeah. We could not leave a computer, right? So it would either be like, and I lived in La Paz at the time. Mm -hmm. So we would both be in the office from 6 o'clock in the morning. We'd go over to Jan's for dinner yeah. with our laptops, right? We had to we had to be working while we were eating. And then it would literally be Ryan would be, okay, I'm gonna go home. So he would drive home and I would watch. And then when he got home, he would call and say, Okay, you can go home now. And then I would drive home. <laughs> yeah. And but and this was, you know, we were delivering, we were bug fixing, we were selling, marketing. Yeah. It was way bigger than we thought we could just build. It was way bigger than us <laughs> just thinking like, hey, let's just make this all work. A bit short-sighted. <laughs> Well, I am really proud to say, and I always am proud to say that I was actually one of your first delivery drivers. You were one of our first. And I have to talk about my experience because I look back on that because it was just, it's so new for you guys. It's new to me. Yeah. I was just looking for something to do. My husband was out West. I was like, maybe this could be a little way to make some extra cash, keep busy. So I saw that you guys were hiring. I thought, oh, this could be fun, you know, delivering food. One of the best jobs I've ever had. I still remember so the time fun. that you delivered to Dan's parents. Yep. And the whole gift card. Um, well, because it was the floods. The floods right? happened and your parents were at at the uh, okay. Best West, not the Best Western. Clarion. The Clarion Hotel. Yeah. 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 And they were there. <laughs> and I just, it was just such a horrible situation. Everybody was kind of coming together. And I remember thinking like, what, what could I do? And I thought... I bet a bunch of their furniture is all ruined. So I, I think I went out and got them like a winner's gift That's card. Right. But, right. but I will never forget though, driving around, sitting in parking lots, being like, and texting you guys, being like, is there another order coming? And I think like, Dan, you like messaged me, you're like, you can go home. Like you can just, you can go home and wait, like wait till an order comes in yeah. and you guys are still taking calls. You're yeah. still assigning the yeah. deliveries to everybody. Yeah. I don't even think that there were like more than maybe six restaurants that had signed on. I mean, now to think of where it's blown up and expanded and we're going to get to that, but those very first yeah. months, like you guys were the ones that were behind the scenes yeah. doing everything. Yeah. 
It was insane. Oh, it was insane. What I remember most about your your career uh, days was, I guess it was probably morning sickness and you popping some gravel or something and being like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm gonna do it. You know. Yep. Back then, the driver pool was probably you and maybe a couple other drivers, right? So, so not having you on board that day would have been detrimental. Yes. Right, because right? I was in the first few months of my pregnancy with my first, and I know I remember like saying when I was going to call in sick that day, and you guys were like, "Is there any way that you guys like that you can pull it through?" And, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, let's do you it." Did. You did. And then I kept saying that I was going to quit because I'm like I'm expecting. Yes. Like, and you just kept driving. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I'm going to keep going. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Well, you're great at it. You were. Oh well, I do. I did love it, and it's. Yeah, I recommend it to anybody who's looking, you know, for a side gig and, you know, just to fill up some space and, like I said, make it some extra money. And, and it's a great way to, like, meet new people, too. Yes. Like, it really is. It's, it's the, 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 the customers you can meet can be so interesting, so dynamic. And just if you're that kind of person, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a dream. But not just the customers, though, the business owners, because yeah. you get to go in and you're chatting with the the employees. You get to meet the owners of yeah. the restaurant. I remember talking all the time to Amy from Valley Smokehouse, Smoke. yes. um, Lori at Mary Brown's, yeah. um, the staff at Fiji Song, mm-hmm. which I think it was because of Valley Eats that I actually knew how to pronounce Fiji Song's name. <laughs> But it was just such a great experience. And I think that that's kind of, you know, even what helped me with the podcast, because I'm like, oh, this, this could be something and I'm actually getting to know all these business owners and I get to meet the people. So I think that that's a really great part of it too. Now, how many restaurants did you guys start with initially and how many drivers? So we started with 10 restaurants on launch. So we had 10, we had the OG 10. Um, and then I think we started with like, like a handful of drivers, like maybe 12 drivers. Yeah. I can kind of remember we'd sit around this table. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And onboard every single driver. And I'm going to say six, yeah, six, six okay. on launch day, six on launch day. Yeah. And, and I would name names, but I'm not, but I, I think I, I remember yeah. all six of those people. And it's funny because so of those six people, like half of them work in the office force now. Amazing. Right? Which is just an incredible thing as, as a business owner is yeah. to be like, you started off driving and being a courier for us. And now like they are integral parts of how our business runs. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. Now, in terms of how many we have now, different story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, restaurants, I think, partners is up to over 230. Over 230 restaurants. 230 yeah. restaurants are, are, are on the platform and over 300 drivers. Uh, are, are across across yes. all of the markets we serve over 300 drivers yeah, yeah. from the initial six to ten yeah oh my word that's incredible it's pretty awesome yeah wow that's cool all right so we're talking about the app earlier and dan you're the one that's been the person behind the scenes who initially created the app what was it like? Because there's there's bug fixes, there's performance updates, like there's so many. There's a lot of work. Yeah. So, what was the biggest challenge in creating the app that, or you know, obstacles that you experienced that you wish you knew that you knew now that you wish that you knew back then? Well, I guess the biggest challenge of like of, of creating the app was was thinking about the logistics involved in the end, right? Like, so we created these products, but we didn't. We didn't necesarily consider all of the post-consumer, you know, the post-support kind of things that needed to happen so that everyone gets a good experience and all that. So I think, uh, you know, if we could take some of that a bit and then start over, that might that might change the way it was framed a little bit in terms of consistency and, and you know, routing of orders and things like that. But, I mean, it was a great challenge. I love, love building things and there's no problems you can't solve them when you, when you, when you can engineer them. And especially like, it's like Facebook. Remember when Facebook first came out and you saw what Facebook used to look like to how it's evolved to what it is now? It's like Valley Eats app. When you look back on your initial concept. It was so ugly. (laughs) Yeah, so ugly. So So ugly. We we had uh, our our first image was that old car. Remember that like 1800s car? Yep, yep. Uh, Yeah, huge changes in layout and design there. And there's... I mean, you know, we'll, we'll definitely, uh, we're always growing it and changing it and yeah. expanding it. So that'll keep happening. Yeah. But yeah, it was ugly. Like it was, <laughs> it was ugly. I'm glad we don't have screenshots of that anywhere, anywhere. Cause it That's was hilarious. It was bad. 
I'm trying to think of its original color. Was it always green? green? It was always green. Yeah, we, we did pick on our green pretty quick. Like our, our branding colors, we did pick pretty quick. Um, and it was green, but it was like boxy and just like, oh. Anyways. That's too funny. So Uber Eats, Skip the Dishes. We've yeah. heard about these very early on before Valley Eats came to be. Yeah. But now the concept in a rural community, you, I find that you have to teach people. Again, reverting back to the podcast, it was still an early concept. People are still learning about it. Yeah. How did you guys market and advertise and explain to people what you guys were rolling out? Uh, I know what, the one thing that helped us, I think, was just really getting the restaurant partners on board. Getting the, the restaurant partners on board really helped kind of support what we were trying to do. And I think that ultimately is what led to the attachment rate. Like it didn't take us long to have users on the app. We didn't do a huge marketing push at the beginning. We really didn't because again, it was brand new and we were just like, this is, I think we had like a web page that said like coming this day and we would do like some social posts, but we weren't paying for advertising or anything like that. It was really, it came down to working with the restaurant partners, getting them on board. Mm -hmm. And then once we got them on board, I think word of mouth is what kind of helped us kind of build organically at the beginning. Now it's a different story, but that was really what it was about. That's so interesting that you didn't really have to do any marketing. Well, I mean, we, you know, we really tried to to recruit local yeah. kind of headliner mom and pop restaurants, you know, or, you know, the new up in places like that mm -hmm. and get our downtown core businesses so that we could support them. Yeah. But I do think we were probably lucky to live in this market where it's close enough to Ottawa. So people were familiar with these concepts already, yeah. right? The base, that was a huge, huge market there that is probably aware of these services. So... Oh, they were aware because I remember so many deliveries on base and driving around aimlessly, exactly. calling you guys to saying, I don't know yeah. where I'm going. Yeah. But a lot of these people came from, from areas that had the, the competition, right? And yeah. they moved here to like, there's nothing here. Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't. And then thankfully, because we got in there, they were able to realize that okay, there is a service here and this is what we're going to kind of use. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, did you guys do research with Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats to see no. what they were doing? Not at the beginning. Not really, no, no. no. We so don't. We had our vision of what we wanted, yeah. and that's what we built. We didn't. We didn't know anything about the other guys really. We didn't. Really? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't worry about you know how they were marketing. We didn't worry about what kind of areas they were going into. It you didn't look at their apps either. No, we really. Just looked at, yeah, we looked at what we wanted mm. for our our business, and that's what we created at the beginning. I think that's really smart because then you can kind of go into it with your own direction and yeah. nobody can even say, Oh, it looks exactly, or it looks similar to, to these apps or they've kind of copied it. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally your own direction. That's yeah. good for you though, because I think I would have like wanted to replicate that. Yeah, We didn't want to build a rip no. off. Yeah, we, didn't yeah. we didn't want to do that at all. So you started offering food delivery services in the Pembroke Petawawa area initially, and then you've quickly expanded to Lanark County and even Kempville and Russell. Yes. So when did the expansion start and was this due to customer demand in these locations or did you naturally see Valley Eats expanding and progressing naturally? Uh, originally it became a demand. It became, we had restaurant partners from outside of, of Pembroke and Petawawa really interested in the service and what we were providing to local small towns. Um, so when we, when we kind of got that, we were him and hawing because our, it was not part of our five-year plan. Um, we, our first three years was like maybe rent free. Yeah. Like that was our, our three years. Um, and then when we got to Carlton Place, I'd say once we had Carlton Place, just that's when it kind of exploded for us in terms of like, okay, we can do it here. And then it ended up being like other people wanted it as well. Yeah. And I think really it was demand of the service that brought us to the expansion part of things. Yeah. A lot of it was relationships with, with the restaurant owners in those markets. They would reach out to us when we started in Carlton Place, was our first expansion. We met with with the owner there a few times, and you know, together we came up with a plan. He recruited other, you know, other partners. Yeah, he worked with us to, to find other restaurant partners that were interested in that area as well, right? Which made it great for us because then we had someone else that was on board with what we were yeah. trying to do, and, and and kind of helped get that that area up and going quicker than might be possible with just one person. Well, less legwork for sure, yeah. and then. I mean, that's the biggest challenge, right? That many business owners face is having to having to teach and educate and get partners on board with you and to mm -hmm. explain what you're doing. And then when you don't have to do that anymore and you've got people coming to you saying, we want to partner with Valley yeah. Eats. Yeah. That definitely so solves nice. some of the equation, right? We have a we have a tough game because we have three 
three partners. We need we need vendors, we yeah. need drivers, and we need customers. And yes. without all of them in place, you know, then you'll you'll either have you know no drivers when you have customers that want to order, but you can't fill that service, or you have you have drivers, but there's no customers yet because there's not enough restaurants, and it's a it's definitely a chicken and an egg game. Yeah. Now, what about expanding, guys, beyond the valley? Because, like I said, you guys have done a little bit of Ottawa, like Russell's in Ottawa. You've done Lenard County, of course, Ottawa Valley. But would you guys maybe think about expanding onto North Bay, North Hastings? So, when you think about like North Bay and Belleville and areas like that, <clears throat> those aren't our target markets. Our target markets are small rural towns, mm -hmm. right? So, when we look at expansion, that's the first thing we look at. So, we look at okay, like what kind of what's the population there does it does it fit kind of what our focus is as a company right which is again supporting local and small rural company rural places so north bay wouldn't make sense to us at all plus they have the bigger the bigger guys out in that way so it's not a market that we would want to tap into but we can look at areas surrounding and and, and then kind of edge our way through and, and get into the places we want because we our focus has been Eastern Ontario mm -hmm. and Southern Eastern Ontario for the last little bit. Uh, I think now for us, it's a matter of going nationally and starting getting to other provinces and, and seeing what we can do with the service we provide in those areas in the next few years. So that's what's next for Valley Eats then. I feel like we're jumping ahead here, <laughs> but that's exciting. It is, but there's a lot, again, things that, um, you know, things, weird things that you don't think about, but taxes. It's a different game. Yes, that's right. right. So yes. uh, as much as you'd love to just pop in there and open up and things, there's a whole bunch of other things that uh, now that we know as business owners that have to be thought of and planned before any of that even happens. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, there's different employee regulations. There's different exactly. staff holidays. Yep. Those are the two ones that come to mind, but you're right. Like taxes are different out in different provinces. Who? Yep. Yeah, so that's, that's a big a whole, undertaking. That is a big undertaking, which is why we're not rushing into it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would just want to stay like central, like in Ontario before venturing well, there's out still that room. There's, there's still, still a lot of room, room right? But <clears throat> excuse me. Um, there are some things that we have noticed uh, trend wise in, in this industry um, and some of the businesses that had kind of popped up during the last three years have now disappeared. So it leaves us an opportunity to go into these areas that are no longer being serviced by um, companies that we're doing before. Now, one of the things I really loved about working for you guys is always popping into the office and <laughs> finding out what you guys were doing and what was next. And you guys would always tease a little bit, you know, what you guys were thinking about and where you wanted to take things. And one of the things that you had said was offering liquor delivery. Yes. What happened to that? Uh, do you want me to go with the answer? <laughs> like it's, it's kind of a, it's a complicated answer, but ultimately came down to once the government allowed um, delivery companies to do delivery for the restaurants, um, it, that became the proper solution for us ultimately at, the, at that point. Um, because then we were taking away from our restaurant partners, right? You got to remember, um, you know, if you could, if, if, if a restaurant that made half of its money on selling beer and drinks is now not able to get the beer drink out of their establishment and they're going to like, you know, the LCBO and the beer store. Our role as supporting local kind of shifts a little bit if we, if we take that away from them. So um, we focus mostly on being able to get it out of the restaurants to the consumer rather than going to the LCBO and the beer store um, in that time. Frame. To say that's not something we still don't want to do would be a lie because we do, but there's a lot. There's inventory you have to worry about because we want to make it as easy mm -hmm. for the customer, right? We don't want them to have to just, I don't know, go that. We want, we want it to be all together. We want them to know this is what the LCBO has in stock. This mm -hmm. is what it costs and, you know, they can get it. But right now we can't enter, we can't, what's the word? We can't integrate with, can't the, integrate with, with the, the beer store and the LCBO, LCBO, yeah. LCBO at the moment. And that's ultimately what we want to do is integration. The more integration we can do, the easier it is for all of our partners and, and our consumers. So was it being offered then during the pandemic? Because I know so many restaurants were including. And it's still offered. It still is. It's still, okay. still offered. So how would that work then? So if someone wants to place an order through Valley Eats and the restaurant offers alcoholic beverages, they yep. can include that in their order? Yep. And, they, and, yeah, and you have to order food. Yeah, you have to order food. Okay. It's the key. You have to order food. Well, you mean, you need you need food on an empty stomach anyways, right? Yeah, and like, <laughs> honestly, it could be just like a bag of chips. That's all you need. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, the pandemic changed a lot there. Yeah. Part, of, part of what happened to that plan, right, was that it was Doug Ford made this announcement about restaurants being able to deliver alcohol. 
And as soon as that press conference was over, because we used to have his announcements all the time on the TV, right? As soon as that announcement was over, the phone's ringing off the hook. Emails are coming in from every single vendor. When are you guys delivering alcohol? When can you we deliver alcohol? Like, okay, yeah. well, now we need smart serve drivers. Now yeah. we need, you know, oh, in-app right. age verification. Yes. There's a lot of things that, again, come into it, right? Again, it sounds easy. It sounds like you just need to go get the alcohol, but there, it's not. There's so much more behind it. Hey, OV Boss Babe listeners, it's Shelby here from the Prosper Company Photography, and you're tuning into the OV Boss Babes podcast exclusively on Spotify. Let's check out our sponsors. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to LB. I'm Katie Tallis, the Community Development Officer for the Township of Elevation Valley. If you are a business owner or looking to start a business, let's start a conversation to see how I can help you with your business. I can point you to business resources. I can invite you to add your business to our business directory. This is a great way for us to stay connected and to have LV help you with your business and to see how we can work together. So welcome to LV and I look forward to speaking with you. Hi everyone, my name is Crystal and I'm the founder of Blackbird Medicines. I'm so excited to introduce to you my social enterprise serving Omami Winini Aki, also known as Unceded Algonquin Territory, Renfrew County, and the Ottawa Valley. A registered member of the Algonquins of Pickwapagon First Nation, I have over 20 years experience addressing small and large crowds. Whether you're looking to get insights on Indigenous rights, reconciliation, or lived experiences of intergenerational survivors of the residential school legacy, I'm available for your needs. Reach out to me at blackbirdmedicines at gmail.com and let's find out how we can further reconciliation and Indigenous rights work in our community. I basically just had my life away. There's no going back now. Such a fun crew. I came here last summer to do the tandem here and absolutely fell in love with the staff. Such nice people and it's exactly the kind of people that I would want to surround myself with when it comes to doing an extreme sport like skydiving. You really are just being extremely present in the moment and I've fallen in love with feeling the air. Just being fully present. It's it's so calming and honestly it's it's like a sense of just fulfillment at the end of the day. Woo! I feel great. I'm so happy I'm doing this. Thanks for listening and watching the OV Boss Babes podcast exclusively on Spotify. What about cannabis? <laughs> same so again, thing there, right? same thing. Currently, the the what we know of the Ontario law for that is that only the establishment that purchases it can do the delivery of it. Their employees. Um, we are currently, and I was actively looking at solutions to have that available through our service. Okay, and then I'm assuming that you'd have to get even another, like another kind of. Um, Another kind of insurance for liability purposes too with that? We would have to contact our insurance company and there may be additional liability costs, yeah. but there are like, so it's smart serve for alcohol, it's can... I think it's cancer for cancer cannabis. for cannabis, yeah. something like that. So again, it's having the, the right right people um, certified and allowed to do these deliveries too, right? Yeah, see, it, it sounds so easy to oh, anybody. It just, does, You know, it? like, well, can you know, just run over to the LCBO, especially... And I'm thinking too, if someone in the household is of age and someone maybe who might be placing an order isn't like you have to deal with all of that and then there's liability issues. Mm-hmm. So it's not as simple as no. like ABC. It's there's a lot more behind it. Yeah. Now I also remember
remember Valley Eats offering delivery of other items, one being dog food, because I remember talking to the ladies at End of the Leash and they were offering that service, which I thought that's amazing, especially for, for, you know, I was thinking for myself, like a pregnant mom who can't be lifting all that heavy dog food, yep. um, you know, or just finding the time to go out. And so having that delivered to your door. So that kind of started, I guess, right? Like, yep. was that the first That was the first product? shops, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then this is, oh, sorry, Dan. No, that's okay. I was going to say that's probably the, the first non-human food vendor. Yeah. And is this kind of what started or what kickstarted Valley Shops? Yeah. Um, it came to, well, it really came to how can we provide the service for the restaurants the same way we can with the other um, businesses in the area, retail specifically, right? How can we basically ensure that if you want, let's say you want to, uh, I don't know, you're ready, you need some diapers, right? Or mm -hmm. something like this, right? And if we can get it delivered to you like in an hour, in a good time frame and all that stuff, well, we've done better than the big delivery companies. And that's how shops kind of came to be. It's like, how can we, how can we provide the service um, and, and be better than bigger people, but mm -hmm. still support the local and focus on the local side of it, right? So right now all the shops are, are all, they're locally owned businesses that we want to help get their services and their product out to people the same way we were getting food out to people. So this is already rolled out. Yeah. What can people all expect? Uh, for it to grow. It's for more shops to come on. Um, and yeah. Especially with the uh, Christmas shopping season coming up there, we've definitely got some, some new vendors on the way. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of that was from, like how did shops kind of start also was more and more requests from retailers and we didn't want to bury them in our restaurant listings, right? We had to come up with a way to to separate that. Uh, but the shops, where is that going? I guess we're, again, integration, right? So a lot of these retailers use things like Square and Shopify and different, they already have their own platforms. So we're, we're actively working on, on solving those problems for them. Which again, you think it'd be easy, right? But it's not. It's not easy just integrate with somebody. Uh, the, the dev teams had to spend like weeks just figuring out how Shopify could inject that menu or their products and us be able to display it on our app to make it convenient and easy for everybody instead of you know one of our people having to like input every item yes. separately right because yeah. that is not efficient and it makes no sense so and the leash specifically i think when we launched when, we, when they launched on the platform it was very manual yeah <clears throat> they had a limited inventory mm -hmm. but now they're fully integrated and i think have over three thousand items for sale on the app yeah. and uh, you can get all three thousand ordered wow yeah. but that's only one that's one retailer one retailer yeah so what about home-based businesses? Um, that is, we so we're actively working on getting artisan-type things um, available in the app as well. Um, Connor is is focused on trying to help get um, home-based businesses. Either we can do consignment, not consignment, yeah, consignment, where we'll store here for them. Like we'll store their products here for them, because you could have people that are like out in um, Barry's Bay that sell like wonderful product, right? But we can't send a driver out to Barry's Bay yeah. to get the product in, but we can hold product that you think is going to sell here and our drivers can still get that product out to them. I love that. Yeah. So if anyone is listening and watching, so, I mean, I feel like you guys are going to have a ton of vendors coming to you being like, sign me up. I hope so. That's, that's kind of the plan. We, we, we so much work. So we do <laughs> want to support the local people and that's, that's what we're about. It yeah. is about supporting local and home-based businesses, they count. So I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about your amazing team. Cause like you had said earlier, you know, several of your drivers that started as drivers are now in the office. They're doing some great stuff. Um, so let's plug why Valley Eats is such an amazing place to work and all the perks that you guys offer your employees. Oh my goodness. I feel like that's like really biased here. That's not fair. Well, why is it a fun place? <laughs> a great place to work? Because it's so much fun. I think we like to have fun. It's all about fun and collaborating. I mean, obviously we're always, we're, we're getting our jobs done, mm -hmm. but we, we make sure it's happening in a fun way. We do. Uh, our flexibility is amazing. Like really when it comes down to um, the work-life balance for me, that has always been an important thing because mental health is, is really high on my list of like making sure things are okay. Um, so when it comes down to like the flexibility of, of, you know, your shift, your hours, things like that, that's one thing that is I think top notch for what we do is, is we will, be flexible for you in, in the best possible way and it's important I mean we had um, Babs who came in today who's actually off today but came in today and the reason she was supposed to be off is because we, 
be we're flexible with sometimes she has to work a little bit longer on the weekend and you know it's not fair that she has to continue working if she's been working all these other hours so mm -hmm. we're very flexible when it comes to kind of working with that and, and making sure that you, know, you get your time so yeah life, life comes first right yeah. Now, do they get discounts on food delivery or anything like that? They do, they do, do discounts. discounts. <laughs> they do discounts. Uh, we order lunch fairly frequently. Yes. Um, we play games in the office. We, uh, you know, we have a, a, a mini pot uh, mat that we can play with. Uh, ben often brings in his video game systems. He's got every system. Imaginable. So right now, I think we have uh, the, the N64 or the GameCube. GameCube up right now. Yeah. GameCube's in the office, so there's always, uh, you know, usually there's a there's a whiteboard somewhere with like a, a list of high scores yeah. that we're tracking, and we have uh, it's I think it's printer paper, thermal paper. Yeah. But it's in a roll, a baton trophy roll, and it's yeah. it's wrapped in gold. So we pass that around as the uh, as the trophy. Yeah. That's so fun, and I know that when you guys were downtown, as well as when you moved here. Your current location. You guys had all yoga. You had teamed up with them to yeah. offer some yoga and some stretching and yes. all that fun stuff on the lunch hour or at different times during the day, which is nice. Yes, it is. Get moving. Yeah. That's so important. Okay, I want to shift gears a little bit, guys, and yeah. talk about negativity, mm. negative reviews, mm. customer complaints. Mm. My food's cold. My food wasn't here on time. I received the wrong problem. order. How have you guys dealt with that? Dan. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Those things make me sad. They do. Yeah. I, I want everyone to have a great experience. And there's just so many factors involved that it's it's not always perfect. Uh, but how do we deal with it? Well, usually it's it's just, you know, take some time. Take some time. One of the things that we do very well is that we do reply to negativity as well, right? Like we'll we're we're up front with it. If 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 we get a Google review that's really bad, like we are looking at it and we're actively replying to that customer and we are actively trying to be like, okay, what caused this? How can we make this better? Right. And we do understand that, you know, you can't make everybody happy. And that is a hard thing to, to, to grade, but we do take that negativity and we do build off of that. We do help make the product better by looking at that, that potential negativity, things like that. But in this day and age though, it is easy for anybody to say, you suck. <clears throat> it's easy, it, you know, everybody can just kind of hide behind it and just be like, this is it. We'll always reach out and very <laughs> seldomly get any feedback beyond you yeah. suck. <laughs> I think it's important though to respond to comments it because is. I always think back to the fire, um, the fire documentary on Netflix. I don't know yes. if you guys ever saw yes. it. Yeah, you saw yeah. that? He just and got out of prison too. What's that? He just yeah. got out of prison. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's out. I wonder what are we doing now. <laughs> yeah, really. But I just think back like when they were deleting all the comments and all the tweets that were coming in and I thought that is so bad publicity yeah. like for yourself. Like mm -hmm. you are just setting yourself up you're setting yourself up for failure when you're not responding and you're not taking ownership or accountability and just saying, Hey, how can I fix it? Yeah. So I think it is good, you know, to not delete those comments or ignore them mm -hmm. and to, yep. you know, to reach out to that customer because A, you're gonna have someone that's gonna maybe be potentially a repeat customer. Yep. You're gonna make someone happy and fix the problem, and you're also maybe like we're in a small town, word of mouth. Someone's gonna say, you know what, I had a bad experience, but Bella eats like they credited me or they they did something to make it right. Dan, I even think that you ran out back in the early stages to go re-deliver an order that was mixed up. Like you guys will literally be showing up on someone's door to say, I'm gonna make this right for you. We do want to make it right. We do want to make it right. We try as, as hard as we can and we'll do the best we can to 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 make it right. Now you guys are both dads, yep. you're parents, you guys have kids at home and being an entrepreneur can be really hard when you're trying to juggle that work-life balance. I'm constantly finding it. I mean, my daughter's only two and a half and I'm already getting slaps of when I'm on my phone and yeah. I'm trying to juggle, like even though she's in daycare and I'm still answering emails whenever I'm, I'm with her, or I'm taking meetings and phone calls and she's screaming in the background. Yeah. My husband is trying to adjust to this life too. Yeah. It's hard, yeah. especially when your partner's not an entrepreneur and they don't understand it or friends and family don't understand it. Yep. <clears throat> but the people that matter are the kids mm -hmm. as well as your partner too. Yeah, absolutely. So how are you guys navigating that? Uh, I know, I, th I think with me, uh, about two years in, two and a half years in, um, I had noticed the toll that had taken on uh, my family life when we, when we started. Uh, so I made it a, a priority that I basically at three o'clock, they were prior to me um, 
and you know, unless it was like a, what I would consider a fire, um, I didn't I didn't spend my, my evenings kind of looking at what was happening and doing things like that because I did know what toll it had kind of created in my household. So to me, it was important to make that adjustment. And now it's a balancing act for me. It always is, though. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's definitely gotten a lot easier, right? We have we have a, an awesome team to to help us with these things now. But in the beginning, definitely definitely challenging. But there was only Ryan and I. So for the first two years, for sure, it was uh, it took a toll on everyone. But you know, Michelle, my wife, was quite helpful in understanding, and, and you know, we. I think all realized or knew that this wasn't going to be forever. Yeah. Right. We would eventually build a team that could help support the whole thing. And family. we have an amazing team. And we have an amazing team. But yeah, that, I mean, I remember even weekends, right? Yeah. Like we had to rotate weekends. There oh. was there was no doing anything social. You were no. it was yeah. Saturday night, I was watching the computer. Yep. And next weekend it was Ryan's turn, you know? Like it was Yep. But this is your baby. Yes. This is, you guys have built this from scratch. You guys have seen it take off. You've built a great team. You're letting everybody do their job, but how do you guys find, how do you guys find it to be able to take a step back and say, they've got this? Well, I find that difficult. Did, yeah, you find that difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of a, a trusting person. I, 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 I like to step away and, and be able to trust the people that are, that are there to do it, um, to do it. And that's kind of a quality that I, can sometimes be bad, but good at the same time because then it helps it helps people kind of learn a little bit quicker as well. It's definitely something yeah. I'm, I'm working on, <laughs> actively working on. It's hard. It is hard. It's so it is hard because you have a vision and you have an expectation yeah. for your brand yeah. and all of the things that fall behind it. And yeah, it can be really hard to like not just trust people. I mean, trust is a big thing, but just execute the operation correctly. Yeah. And it's, it's all about like that comes down to who you hire though. That mm -hmm. come that one hundred percent comes down to the team that you surround yourself with. Because if you surround yourself with a team that can do it, you're going to be okay. And we have a team that lets us do it. You do, and you also have a team of. You also have a team of employees that you've been able to retain because, yes. like you, we were talking about, we keep reiterating. You guys have people that have been here right from the get go. So obviously, it's a place that they want to be. They at. like it here. They clearly. enjoy it. Yeah, they're they're here for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you guys kind of talked about your vision, where you guys see yourself going, expansion across the provinces, and you know you just see more services being added. But what about you guys? Where do you see yourselves in terms of being involved? In uh, well, Dan and I, our goal is to like be able to like I think golf all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of the goal. Um, I can't uh, deny that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I mean any any business owners vision should be to be able to build a sustainable business that you can step away from and it can still be successful, right? Um, so, you know, when Dan and I get to that point, I mean, I think that'd be very exciting, um, but it's not there yet. No, no, it's not still a ways to go, but I think, you know, maybe smaller scale in terms of uh, being able to just continue to, to let the team do what they do, right? And be more of the overseers, right? guide the team from a higher level kind of thing. It's always great when your team can come to you and tell you what to do. Yeah. Like it is, it's, it's great. It's yeah. when, when you have someone say like, oh, this is what we should do. And you're like, no, you want, you're right. Absolutely. And that makes it fun. That's awesome. Well guys, the fun is not over. Okay. Because we're going to do my favorite part of the podcast. And that's where we dip into my rapid 10. Okay. Oh yeah. Rapid 10, quick fire, fire oh, rapid yeah. question. He's like a, like I know, I know, right? You can bring a buzzer, guys. Okay, so let's kick it off. How much should we really be tipping our drivers? Mm. I generally tip five dollars. Yeah, me too. If they're coming from further, I'll tip more. Yeah, but I would say at at least three dollars minimum. Yeah, should be should be five. That's what I tip. It should be fine. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget to tip your drivers because they are doing this for you. They, they are bringing you food. They're going out. On, especially now that we're in the winter months, uh, it's yeah. getting cold. Like, if you're yeah. if you're not going out there and someone else is doing it for you, tip your dollars. Yeah. Okay. How many biz names did you guys come up with before going with Valley Eats? I don't think we came up with any. I think Valley Eats was actually pretty quick. I I I'm gonna say that was our one and only business name. Yeah. Same thing with the Chef Hat we had created originally. I think <laughs> Valley Eats and Chef Hat were like in almost like a day of just like this is what we're gonna do. Boom. Done. Ryan. Holly. 
<laughs> do you plan on dabbling in photography again? Absolutely. I'm actively trying to get back into my creative kind of ability to produce content that I like and really work on getting my creative side out. And I'm going to be using Valiance as my kind of outlet um, going forward, I think. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're venturing back into that again, potentially. It's 12 o'clock. It's lunchtime. What are we ordering today? Today? Quesadas, actually. Today's quesadas, that's right. Yes. My answer generally for that is Putin of some sort. Unless it's Wing Wednesday. <laughs> yes. And then we're having chicken wings. Yeah. I'd say poutine is probably the most ordered food item in the office. Yeah, for sure. But usually you're late there. We're usually starting the lunch order around 10 o'clock. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll go around and make sure that this is the most pressing thing. <laughs> it, it, it becomes like, everybody stop what you're doing. What are we ordering? No, no, get off. What are we ordering? Okay, and what do you want? Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a shutdown moment at that point. Okay, well, which Valley Eats team member is known for never packing lunch and always ordering food? Damn. 100% him. It's true. 100%. I don't think you've ever packed lunch since we know each other. It's very true. <clears throat> well, you know what? You're just sticking to your reputation. I'm testing. He's te yeah, he's testing everything. <laughs> the pandemic was not only good for, for business for... The pandemic was not only good business for Valley Eats, but it was also great for helping restaurants. You guys actually potentially saved a lot of restaurants from closing down. So would you say that 2020 was your most successful year yet? 2021 would have been our most successful year. Revenue-wise, it's interesting you say that. Because yes. I mean, the, the pandemic was just full of challenges. Oh, it was bonkers for us. The demand far outstripped supply. I bet. Right? And constantly. Mm. And so, I don't know. I mean, financially successful, maybe? Yeah. But I think successful from a business standpoint, 2020 was a, was a challenge for us mm -hmm. um, because the growth, the expansion, everything that was needed, um, you know, Dan and I thought, oh yeah, we could do this. But I think ultimately um, in 2021, we realized that like, we're better off without it. Yeah, we're better <laughs> off to do it this way than I bet. the other way. Well, cause I mean, and the pandemic talk is a whole nother conversation itself, but essentially you guys were really one of the only businesses that were considered essential yeah. that could keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys and healthcare workers and you guys were the forgotten ones. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> like everyone was, which is great. You know, we were all supporting healthcare workers, but your drivers and your team, yeah. like you they guys were, were really good. working behind yeah. the scenes, trying to, trying to get everybody food delivered yeah. to their doors. Yeah. And on time. And like, yeah. you know, all these things that, that just like really, um, you know, it, it, it was a check. It was just a challenge. Trying to get hand sanitizer at the beginning. Yeah, my God, like just things like that, like yeah. hand sanitizer. There, you know, ultimately, I think we had to choose, move a different spot because we were growing so quickly that we couldn't fit people in the old location and still follow guidelines yeah. and all this kind of stuff, right? So it was, yeah, it was a lot of challenging. Yeah, this question did not belong in a rabbit ten. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the first restaurant to partner with Valley Eats? Jen and Carrie's. Jen and Carrie's. <clears throat> We used yeah. to hold secret meetings there. Yeah, we did. And I think we held the secret meetings and she somehow, I think we ended up talking to her during the secret meeting and ended up getting her on board pretty much. I love Jenna. Jenna's such an amazing community partner. Yes, she's, she's a great community partner. She is. Best gift a customer has given to a delivery driver? Depends on what you like, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I don't have an answer for yeah, that. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. I'll ask your team. What yeah. have they been gifted or anything other than a, a really hefty tip? Uh, well, I know some of them gifted like visual things. Like that's for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, get into detail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think we should get there. Um, because we're showing up naked to a door. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. Uh, those are the ones that facilitates to the extent of my head are those ones. I mean, there's been some massive tips. Yeah. For sure. What's been the biggest tip? Oh, there was like just recently there was like a massive like eighty dollar tip um, just wow. recently for I think was it the Sealand order was it that order I think it was that order someone had ordered Sealand like it's a frozen food it yeah. offers great selection um, and, a, and a customer order and I think left the driver like an eighty dollar tip that's amazing yes amazing. oh that would make someone's day yes that yeah. would make someone's day for sure okay Dan this is on for you 
Can we create a special Ottawa Valley Boss Babe podcast code for listeners that are watching and tuning into this episode? We sure can. Yay! We'll just need a much shorter promo code. Yeah! OBBB. Okay. There yeah. we go. Here, I'll make a note. <laughs> that was the that was smart way to ask. Well, you have them on camera, you can't say no. That's right. <laughs> and who is one local boss babe, male or female, that inspires you guys that you guys think that everyone should know about? Well, I know with me, everybody knows Emma already from Picket Fence, but like she's pretty awesome when you think about like going from the small little store in the mall to what she's kind of built now. To me, is just uh, it's an amazing endeavor that she's gone through and created. That that for me, I think is amazing. But we have so many amazing people. It's hard to just pick one. I know. You know what I mean? Like it is. Yeah. It's not like a fair thing. It's not, I know. I mean, Emma is doing some pretty great stuff and I'm going after her very, very shortly for an in-person interview too. I've been gearing up and waiting for her. I feel like she's probably wondering why I haven't approached her yet, but I know there's so many wonderful community uh, mentors and supporters and just people in the Ottawa Valley. We're so yeah. lucky to live here and to have so many great services like, like Valley Eats and so many more. But uh, yeah, no, I know. I understand that not wanting to play favorites. Yeah, so I get it. it. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. I appreciate one both of you so much, and I'm so excited. I just want to add in that, you know, it, it, well, one, it's awesome that you, you, you know, invited us to be part of this podcast, but I still remember how many times we tried to recruit Holly yes. to work for us. Yes. And how that still hasn't worked yet. No. Um, and maybe one day it will. But Should we ask over the air? Yeah. Then she can't say no, right? I'll train you. I'll train you. Yeah, there we go. No, I mean, I, when you drove for us, Holly, you know that we absolutely love you too. And um, Yeah, thanks, Holly. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time for us to do too. Absolutely. And we have a gift for you. Oh! Yes. You get a nice little Valley Eats. Cool. Love it. Love it. We'll show this off. That's our camera. retro look. Who designed this one? That was our marketing lady, Cecilia. Um, she. I love the Pink Floyd look. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was That's whole... fun. I love 80s things and she did a great job creating. Oh, well, guys, thank you so much. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of OB Boss Babes Podcast with our guest, Valley Eats. If you guys have not yet placed an order for food or local services, products, be sure to do so. Log on to the app and sign up and, uh, and get your order in. We'll be back next week. <laughs>